we're going to wrap the Galatians series, which for me is a little, I'm a little bummed about that. I kind of just want to go right back to the start and do it all over again. Uh, but we have the whole series uh, online, so you, any of us could do that at any time. But um, it's been 15 or so weeks. Uh, this is week 15. We started the Galatians series uh, the Sunday after uh, Easter, and uh, we're going to land that, that series today. And again, I'm going to give some summary thoughts, some brief summary thoughts. Usually my notes are four pages. Today they are two pages, which will tell you, Jody, that it's briefer than normal. Same font size, 14-point font, uh, five inches around the margins. Sometimes when I, when I get, you know, really froggy, I go five pages. By the way, uh, the struggle isn't me finding something to say on Sunday. The struggle on Sunday night and, Monday, and Sunday morning is getting the notes down to four pages. That's a real struggle in my life. And today it's two pages because I want you to hear from each other on what this series has meant to you because I've been having a lot of conversations with a lot of people over these weeks about the stirring of grace and freedom in your life. And I wanna give people an opportunity to share about that. By the way, just so you know, there is nobody planted in this room. I am not slick about this kind of stuff. Um, and so be, be, be thinking that you might be one that wants to encourage this church family this morning with what Galatians has meant for you. I'm gonna summarize uh, our series and begin this way. Any strategy that requires 100% perfection and 100% participation is doomed for failure. When the strategy is dependent on behavior modification, 100% perfection, 100% participation, those who are in power, they have to decide what to do with those who aren't keeping up or who aren't following all the rules. And so marginalization, fear, and force are the tools of the powerful to gain compliance with the strategy. It's true in government, it is true in culture, and it's 100% true in religion. Paul knew this better than most People And he spent the very, the kind of the first part of his adult life forcing compliance of uncooperative Christians like Stephen. And we know that story from Act, the, the uh, end of Acts chapter 7. He used all the tools of totalitarianism, all the tools, martyrdom included, he used all of those tools to change their behavior of the early Christians, and guess what? It didn't work. How do we know it didn't work? Because the gospel got to you and it got to me. By the authority of the word of God and by the power of the blood of Jesus and by the testimonies of people and because people didn't love their lives so much that they would shrink back even from death. And it got to us because here's what's true. And if you study the persecuted church over the history of Christianity, since Jesus rose from the dead, Christianity grows in spite of the persecution. In fact, it grows when there's persecution. 
Do you know right now, today, what one of the fastest growing churches is in the whole world? Do you know where it is? It's in Iran. It's in Iran. And do you know who's leading the church, the fastest growing church, the underground church for sure, one of the fastest growing churches in the world? Do you know who's leading it? Women in underground house churches. Happening, happening today. When Paul meets Jesus in Acts chapter nine, Acts chapter seven, he is approving the stoning of Stephen. And in Acts chapter nine, the road to Damascus, the grace encounter with Jesus the Christ. He meets Jesus, heart transformation by grace, change forever. The radical conversion of Paul because of the grace of Jesus. And he would write, he would write this verse in the first New Testament letter. The Apostle Paul who wrote much, most of the New Testament. The first letter that he would write to churches is the book of Galatians. And this verse has been our theme verse for this whole series. Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Therefore, therefore, therefore what? Because Christ set you free, therefore don't submit again to another yoke of religious slavery. Stand firm. Therefore, because Christ has set you free, stand firm. Why stand firm? Because religion doesn't want you to be free. Jesus wants you to be free. Religious wants to control you. Jesus wants to free you. So we stand firm in our freedom. This has been the theme verse for our series. And this has been the question of our series. What will you do with your freedom? The question isn't whether you're free in Christ or not. You are free in Christ. Jesus has paid the price for you to be radically forgiven and set free. You are free. You are the freed people. The question is, what will you do? What will I do? What will we do with our freedom in Christ? Will we give in to religion? Will we give in to rules and traditions and submit again to another yoke of slavery? By the, uh, by the way, we know that the yoke of slavery that Paul is referencing in Galatians 5.1 is specific to the Mosaic law, the old covenant Mosaic law, which has been made obsolete because of Jesus. Romans 10:4, Christ is the end of the law and righteousness for everyone who, tell me, believes. What will we do with our freedom? Will we give in? We're free. Will we stay in the prison of checking boxes and legalism and evaluations and pressure and shame and guilt and behavior modification, which isn't rest, by the way, which isn't peace, by the way, which robs us of our freedom, even though we're free in Christ, or will we stand firm in our freedom in Christ? I hope this series has given you a biblical foundation to stand firm in your freedom. I said these words when we intro the series on April the 11th, and I wanna repeat them to you this morning. If you have ever wondered if you were doing enough to be a Christian, like I think there's this reality in Christian culture that we have this low-grade evangelical fever. We've talked about this a few times in the series. And the question is always, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? And we think we're not doing enough. 
And so we asked that question. I said, Galatians will be a game changer for you if you ask yourself that question. If you have felt manipulated, shamed, guilted by anyone with shoulds and oughts, as a follower of Jesus, I said, Galatians will change your life. If following Jesus has been more about your focus, has been more about what you are doing and your works, rather than resting in the finished work of Jesus the Christ on the cross of Calvary, I said, Galatians will be liberating for you. And my hope and my prayer that this has been true for you in this series. And I pray that the word of God, the authoritative living word of God has strengthened a real relationship with you to the degree that you're seeing God through the lens of intimacy and freedom and rest to the degree that we would pray to the Father and say, Abba, Abba. Real relationship, real transformation in our minds and in our hearts, but also in our lives as we walk out the gospel of grace in our actual real lives. This is what Paul is fighting for in this letter. Galatians, I think Galatians has messed with our religious ways. It has messed with us. Um, this, uh, this, evaluation of ourselves and others. It, it, it liberates us from that, but it messes with those religious ways of thinking. It has messed with our legalistic ways of thinking like this. Well, if I just do better or work harder, then God will do more for me. And we see God through this transactional way of thinking about my life and life with God. And if I just pray harder, I'm gonna pray harder Right? So if I pray hard, if we say that, that's more of a legalistic way of thinking is if I pray harder, then God will do more as opposed to just pray, pray in faith, trust God. It has shaken up, I hope and pray, pride in your heart the way it has shaken up pride in my own heart. And we've talked about the spectrum of ego and shame like we're working harder and we're doing more, we're evaluating people and we have ego about it. Like I had a better quiet time than you today because I wrote more in my journal than you did today. Or also on that spectrum is shame. Like I'm not as strong of a Christian as this person because they raise their hands in worship and I'm afraid to do that. Or I don't even have a journal. Here's the reality of both of those. Both of those realities are on the spectrum of pride. Why? Because we're looking at ourselves and what we're doing. And we wanna turn our eyes unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we, faith, and we wanna get off of the treadmill of performance, amen? So that we can walk in the way of grace, which is in the way of freedom. First page is done. Paul is a freedom fighter. I would like to say of Lindsay and I that we also are freedom fighters because I know what it's like to live in the prison of legalism. I did it for two decades. And when we tasted the sweet taste of freedom in Christ, pure grace, pure new covenant grace, it transformed everything about our lives. 
It's ultimately what led us to this town to plant this church because like if the, if the pure message of the gospel of grace can do this in our marriage and our family and our lives, then surely it can do it for other people. And so we wanted to come and be a refreshment for people and we also wanted to be freedom fighters like Paul. And we wanna invite you to be freedom fighters with us. He's a freedom fighter and he proclaims the true gospel and it is this, Jesus alone, faith alone, grace alone, period, period. When we attach anything, when we attach anything to the grace message of Jesus and his finished work for us, we get robbed of freedom. We get blinded to our freedom. We're held captive even though we are free. We are free, but we don't live free. When we add things to Jesus alone, faith alone, grace alone. And this is what was happening to the churches in Galatia. There will always be religious types amongst us. And the religious types in the book of Galatians, they were called the Judaizers, which came up from Jerusalem to the Galatian churches, modern day Turkey. And they were saying, this was the false message. Yes, Jesus, yes, Paul, the gospel, the cross, the resurrection, Jesus. And also you still need to practice circumcision, which is part of the old covenant tradition and law. So you need to add Jesus plus circumcision. That actually is salvation. There's always gonna be circumcision types, religious types who wanna turn us away from the freedom that Jesus came and died and rose to give us. And that is why Paul wrote the letter because he is in a dogfight with religion and legalism. Protecting a culture of grace in the churches that he himself planted, protecting it. He's a shepherd, he's protecting. And a culture of grace must be protected if it's going to last. So here's a key point of the series. The false teachers, they didn't subtract anything of the message that Paul proclaimed. What they did was they added to it. They added to it. And that's, that's what Paul is fighting against the entire letter. And he does not allow their, their adding things on to Jesus, their false teaching of the gospel to stand. Um, and so he fights for their freedom. The central truth of the gospel was at stake and he drew a clear line and refused to compromise. He was unyielding in his defense that the truth of the gospel is Jesus alone, Jesus plus nothing, because he wanted to protect the people of freedom, and he wanted to protect the culture of grace that he had established. So here's the call of Galatians, I believe. We have to understand and move away from our traditions and our additions. We, I love math. We talked about it. I love math. If I wasn't a pastor, I'd be a high school math teacher and a, and a basketball coach. I'm, I am a basketball coach, but I'm not a math teacher, but I love math. Why? Because you can get to an equal in math. Like I love addition, I love multiple, I love math. But math has nothing to do with the gospel of grace. Here is the gospel of pure grace. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And here is the false message of the Judaizers in the book of Galatians. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. It's Jesus plus nothing. I went to a, an event on Wednesday night uh, and 
it was a testimony time of four people who grew up seeped in uh, the Mormon culture. And they're called Adam's Road Ministry. And their whole, uh, they're followers of Jesus. Now, the, the main guy, he was, this was like 15 years ago. He was on his two-year Mormon mission. And he said, I was so zealous for my religion on this mission in Clearwater, Florida, that I determined that I was going to convert a Baptist pastor and the whole congregation to Mormonism. And so he goes to this Sunday night service and the, he said, the pastor saw us right away because we had our, you know, our white t-shirts on and our elder name tags on and our ties. And he was so compassionate and so gracious and so welcoming. And we wanted to share with him the full gospel of Jesus. And he said, I would love for you to come. And so two days later, they go and they meet with his pastor and uh, they give their um, spiel. And he smiled and he said, brothers, you don't know the gospel of Jesus. Read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It is for by grace you've been saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is a gift of God so that no man may boast. And he challenged this Mormon missionary to go back and read the New Testament through the eyes of a babe. And this guy's testimony, his name is Micah, over three weeks, he said, some people can hear Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, but I was so zealous for my religion. I read the New Testament through 12 times over a three-month window, and God opened my eyes. And I came to faith in Jesus the Christ. And now they have this traveling ministry where they go all over and it's him and his brother and another young lady who grew up, who grew up in Mormonism and then a, his best friend from his Mormon mission. And they proclaim Jesus. And this, was, this is the thing that they give out and it's Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And I loved it because I'm like, we've been saying this whole series, Jesus plus nothing. It's the same message as Jesus is enough. Um, so that we would have a foundation of freedom in Christ. It was an amazing time of being encouraged by their testimonies. Just to sit and hear testimonies of people proclaim the grace of God and life change in their life. Just to sit and listen. It blessed me. And I was like, I got I to gotta get them to Two Rivers. So some Sunday morning, I've already emailed them. Some Sunday morning, they have this huge bus and it's got this... It just says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus is enough. Like, it's just like, the, Jesus is enough. And I'm like, I, I want them to come here and do their hour and a half deal. And we're just going to receive it. So you just know, like, they're coming. Um, I say all that just to say, what, is, what are some testimonies here? What time we got? Ah, it's only 11.02. We got, we got time. Um, how have you been stirred in Jesus is enough? Jesus plus nothing. The foundation of freedom in Christ that Paul gave us in the first four chapters and then the exhortation in chapters five and six to walk out your freedom in the way of godliness. How have you been stirred? How have you been changed? 